Welcome back to the Performance Cycling Podcast. This is a Prem Lap. I'm Todd Norwood here with my co-host Jason Hammond. Jason, what's on tap for today? Hey Todd, I think we're going to start this Prem Lap with a question. And the question is, Todd, do you know how caffeine works? So I know your favorite ergogenic aid is caffeine. Do you know how it works? Yes, actually, I believe I do. But maybe it depends on what mechanism you're speaking about because i believe it actually has multiple mechanisms so why does caffeine sort of affect your alertness and make you not tired in that case i believe the mechanism is that it blocks the receptor for the adenosine monophosphate that we spit off and we split atp into atp and its other component and that particular molecule goes to the brain and it binds in a place that makes us feel a little sleepy caffeine fills that it blocks that receptor from binding and then we don't feel tired is that what you're going for no i guess i didn't know you were so well versed but you i should have known that it's your favorite ergogenic aid of course i was actually um talking about glucose utilization okay specifically well and enlighten me there and let's see if i if i knew that one too i know it also has a role uh, possibly in fat metabolism Right. So actually, I found a study that said caffeine does not affect glucose utilization in endurance athletes. And so there is this sort of long-held belief that caffeine can help us use sugar. That's why we feel energetic as we, we get like some sort of sugar rush. And the truth is that there was a study with 12 trained endurance athletes, VO2 max of 65. That's like... Um, okay, it's pretty pretty high level. Yeah, these are high level endurance athletes. And they completed two one-hour endurance efforts at 65% of VO2 max. So mid-endurance or top, mm -hmm. top of endurance. And they were given six milligrams per kilogram of caffeine, something like 400 to 500 milligrams. Okay, so that's that's strong. That's not just your average cup of coffee. Yeah, that's like two two Starbucks, two medium Starbucks yeah, two, coffees. Yeah. And there was no difference in oxygen consumption. There was no difference in carbohydrate production. There was an increase in serum-free fatty acid from both groups when the exercise started. Um, but there was no difference in plasma lactate. And the study noted from previous studies that we know for sure that caffeine increases muscle metabolism, it increases exercise performance, and it increases plasma epinephrine. We So uh, adrenaline response there. Studies have not been able to show that it increases lipid oxidation. Some have shown that it increases lipid oxidation. Some have shown that it does not. Some have shown that it increases plasma-free fatty acids. Some have shown that it doesn't increase plasma-free fatty acid. So it's a bit of a mystery how caffeine actually helps us. We know it improves exercise performance. We know there's this adrenal response, but why do we get some 3% benefit from taking it? Yeah, presumably that is not just a placebo effect. It could be, but you know, presumably if you do double-line studies, you see that that's not a placebo effect. Yeah, and so the uh, example from this study was they gave them, they gave them a pill for each study or each test Within the study, they, they gave them the same pill that looked the same, but one was caffeine and one was not. So then what about influencing sort of, I guess the pathway I'm suggesting is influencing the rate of perceived exertion and downregulating, you know, regulating that pathway. So you, whatever you're doing, mm. you're perceiving less fatigue, even though you may be accumulating fatigue or you're perceiving less effort, even though you may be working hard. Yeah, so the effects of caffeine could be leading back into your favorite central governor, concept and uh, actually just affecting our brain rather than affecting our bodies and mm -hmm. 
it could be subtly giving our body permission to work harder or, or permission to produce more power. You know my bias. You've already you've already cited it, so of course that's my my belief. At some level, whether it's you know in the peripheral physiology and it's affecting fat metabolism and telling us we have more free fatty acids to burn or uh, you know making it more readily accessible, our glycogen more readily accessible, whatever it is. Presumably, if you subscribe to the central governor theory as I do, then you'd have to believe that that's allowing your your brain to say, hey, look, I can push a little bit harder because this resource is now available. Yeah, I would say these studies sort of show that it is likely only in the brain. There probably is not much of a peripheral adaptation that occurs from taking caffeine. And if you are going to take caffeine, if you want to, the best protocol is um, just stopping at your local Starbucks before the race. And that's sort of my classic tradition. And I enjoy the taste of coffee, so it's nice to sip it as you're arriving at the race. But taking some caffeine about an hour before your effort has been shown to increase the capacity of aerobic efforts. The classic one is a time trial. People will normally complete a time trial about 3% faster after taking caffeine supplementation. Yeah, and there's you know, many ways to do it if you're not a coffee drinker. There's, of course, you know, the Red Bulls of the world if you're into energy drinks or uh, even in your supplements, your gels and those sorts of sports drinks sometimes even have some caffeine in there. So it just depends on, on your preferred approach. Uh, many ways to certainly get caffeine into the system. And based on personal experience, I would recommend against the caffeine pills, and that's because they are absorbed very quickly. Coffee gives you a bit more of a mellow dose, and caffeine is a bit, uh, let's just say there's like a big adrenal response, Todd. It's a pretty acute onset. You, you, you know you took something. Yeah, and so we don't really want that. We just want to have a little bit of extra stimulus throughout the race. So there, there are some downsides to caffeine. I notice, uh, you know, I, I have a little too much coffee. You start to get a bit impulsive in your races. Times when you have to focus or you have to concentrate really hard actually become more difficult because you're, you're just a little too excitable. And some of my most aggressive races, I've had a medium coffee instead of the small. Just, just a little bit too amped up. Yeah. So finding the right balance for each person, but um, I'm sure Todd would absolutely say if you're looking for a performance benefit, caffeine is a good option. Yep. And it's you know, at the end of the day and the doses that are going to increase your performance, a uh, relatively safe substance to be consuming and rel relatively short half-life too. Yep. So that's all we have for the pre-lap today. Get out there and go ride your bike.